Welcome to the Kinda Crunchy Podcast, where we talk about all things health and wellness. We can't wait for you to hear today's episode, so let's get to it. Hi guys, welcome back to the Kinda Crunchy Podcast. We have a guest joining us today in a little bit, and we are so excited to announce her. But before that, you know how it goes. We love to give our life updates. We love to talk a little bit about what's going on just to keep you guys in the loop. So Jensen, tell us what's going on in your life. Update. Oh, so we just had a vacation with Logan's family. We were, um, it's called Massanet in Virginia. Not okay. many people have heard of it, um, but it's near like Shenandoah National Park. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very relaxing. We did a lot of golfing. We golf three times, which that's a Whoa. lot. That's a lot for me. For Logan, that's yeah. like... 18. 18. Wow. Um, I just have to pat myself on the back. Um, I won... They had a closest to the pin the one day. <gasps> and out of everyone that golfed... You won? I won. All the guys that golfed, I had wow, the Wow, what a golf girl. Um, pure luck. I swung the club and it landed by the <laughs> hole. But I won push-up cuts, no so, I, so I could buy some cute new golf clothes. So I got this really cute golf shirt that I like. That's what it's really about, is yes. the outfits, I was not like, the game. Like, yeah, no, I just want to look cute. Um, So we golfed. We <laughs> also, we went to a water park. I have been talking that I want to go to a water park this summer, and I did it. It was on the Crunchy Girl bucket it was, list, right? <laughs> and it did not disappoint I really? had so much fun. There was a They l- are so much fun. It was indoor and outdoor. So you had a little bit of both. Mm. There was a lazy river. There were hot it. tubs. There was a wave pool. There was like so many fun slides. It was the perfect day. Um I just had a great time. So I had a so wonderful time with the water park. Um we did this like six mile hike at Shenandoah National Park. Good. Which that hike was my, for just like being on vacation and Well deciding. that was my second national park and we and this year so I went to Acadia Look in at Maine. You. I know I'm like this super like outdoorsy girl now. Um but it was funny so because it was three miles down and the entire time it was me, Logan, Logan's brother Bryce and his dad. Like, oh and no, the entire we time up. we're saying like this is going to be terrible on the way back. This is going to be... And it just kept going down and down and down. <laughs> and the whole point was to get to this waterfall, which it was a beautiful waterfall. So pretty. Uh-huh. But we get there, we're like exploring the waterfall, and then we're like, here we go. And then like... Wait, I've been there. Really? Yes! <laughs> wait. <laughs> wait. To what? what? Sorry. Wait, we went what? to Shenandoah Park in... 2021, uh-huh. wow, it was like COVID had kind of let up a little. Okay. We went in the fall with my brother and his wife, me and Logan. Mm-hmm. We went on that trail and the EMTs were called almost at the base because someone had fallen going down and really hurt their ankle. This is why I remember it. Wait, we, and that's so funny because we said like... it's how, all downhill. How would you get someone out of here that hurt themselves? They had to hike in and then carry the person on a stretcher. Oh my gosh. The rest of the trail back up. And it's like three miles, all uphill, all steep uphill, mm-hmm. and then people climb on the waterfall, and yeah, like they're lucky yes. they don't fall. Yeah, like Logan and I were crawling, we're like trying to be careful, but yeah. it's funny because like on the way down, it was still cool in the morning, but by mm-hmm. the time we were on our way up, it was getting hot. We were drenched by the time we got done. We were, it was a great workout, but that was really fun. It's such a small world, isn't that right? weird? <laughs> Of course, that would and Shenandoah part like it's close, but it's not, not like that, it's everybody not like that goes close. to it. Yeah, um, that's so, so weird. Yeah, we hiked. We went to a water park. We went to the place had saunas, so I got to go to saunas mm. and steam rooms. We which love a sauna. Felt yeah. so detox. Felt so wonderful. They have a lot of like tame deer there. Like oh, you drive down fun. the road and you'll pass like thirty deer. That's not even an exaggeration. There's on the side of the road, um, but it was really good. It was a lot of just like 
hanging out at night, mm-hmm. playing games, watching TV, like, a lot of time in Love nature. It. So, I felt very relaxed after. It was wonderful, but that's enough about me. Tell me about you. What's going on? What's your update? What's new? Um, I am trying to do better with my tech boundaries. Aren't we all? <laughs> but let me tell you a little bit of what I've been doing. Okay. When I've been doing it and been good. Please tell me. So... I've told you before, I have, like, this little stand for my phone that's, like, it's home yes. stand, right? Yes. So I put it on my desk. Okay. And I've made my desk, like, my phone place. So essentially, I'm not supposed to use my phone unless it's work hours at my desk is my oh, concept. Oh, okay. So, like, 9 to 5 is when I can use my phone. Mm-hmm. And I try to leave it on the desk. Even if I, like, go downstairs to pee, mm-hmm. don't need to grab the phone and take it with yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. If I go down to get lunch... I don't need to take the phone mm, with me. I can so just be present getting lunch. Mm-hmm. Like, if I go for a walk, I don't need to take the phone with me. Me and the mm. dog can just go. Yeah. Um, something I did, and this sounds so stupid. Like, I hate <laughs> that this is where I'm at in life. I went to church a couple weeks ago and left my phone at the house. Whoa. And, like, I went for multiple hours somewhere did not take my phone and was fine. And it felt so freeing. And wow. I feel like that proves I have an issue. <laughs> but like I do too. I that was like know. monumental for me. And every Sunday I go to church, I take my phone, put it on airplane mode, and then I get into the parking lot and turn it off airplane mode. Yeah. Why do I even need to take it then? Yeah. We have this fear that like something bad's gonna happen. Like we like, have we to have our phone, our phone yeah. with us. And it's like really like I don't need to have it with me. Yeah. So like I normally keep my grocery list on my phone because it's mm. quick and easy. Yeah. Been writing them on paper. Mm, I do that, actually. Leaving my phone at home when I go to the grocery store. Ooh. And just grocery shopping. I love that. I need to start Isn't that, that crazy, though? Yeah. Uh, because I, like, have this thing that's like, oh, my gosh, but what if someone calls me? What if it... It can wait. When I grew up, we had a house phone. We didn't even have cell phones yeah. for several years. And guess what? You get home and you get the message, and then you call them back. Yeah. And, like... That's a way better route. So I've been trying really hard. Um, I'm not always great at it. I really don't like having my phone, like, in bed because then I get on, like, these TikTok, like, I just am, like, Mm -hmm. scrolling TikTok and my brain's just wasting away. So I'm really trying to be good about that, be in better routine with that. It's very good for me and I feel so much better when I'm doing it. Yeah. But it is so easy for me to just slip back in. And also, like, my balance with social media because it overwhelms me, mm-hmm. to make it just, like, part of my work day of, like, oh, I want to put this, this, and this, or my phone's on my desk, but, oh, I want to share this, so I'll take it off to take the picture, put it back on my desk, and then share later. Yeah. It's a better balance than me just, like, having my phone with me and being, like, share a picture, share, share, and then I, like, get on Instagram and share a story, and then next thing you know, I'm just, like, scrolling Instagram midday, mm-hmm. like, instead of doing what I'm supposed to be. So it creates better balance. It's just hard to stick to because I'm an addict. Everybody has an addiction in life, and mine is my phone. And I think almost everybody is addicted to their phone. We are. Awareness is the first step, correct? (laughs) Admitting you have a problem is where you can start. Um, So. (laughs) I'm the same way. We're working on it. (laughs) I'm the same. I'm on my phone way too often. I try to be better, and I go through phases where I'm really good, and then I go through phases where I'm really bad about it. Mm -hmm. Um. But we're recognizing that we have issues. Did I ever tell you that my dream is to have this phone called the Light Phone? If you don't know what that is, look it up. No, I have no idea what this is. Tell me. Okay. (laughs) It's a cell phone. (laughs) The screen 
is like a Kindle screen. Okay. It only has texts, calls, maps, music. And it's like a Kindle screen and those are just black words. The maps isn't visual. It's mm-hmm. just like it audio wow. tells you, like GPS. Wow. Oh, and I think it has a, a timer on it. Okay. Right? So like the essentials. Because I'm always like, and a notes. Okay, so there's there's like a couple essential things because I'm always like, I couldn't live without my notes on my phone. Mm-hmm. My like timer or alarm, my GPS, and I do like to listen to music on there. And then yeah. I need to be able to group text or call. Yeah. It has the essentials. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have any of the social media or anything. And I go back and forth because I'm always like, when I have kids, I'm going to get that because I don't want to be on my phone all the time. Mm-hmm. But then I'm also like, I love the high quality photos a phone can take yeah. and like capture images. And I do love like social media and connecting there. And I think there's pros. So I go back and forth and I'm very much like, I eventually want to move my life to be all my social medias on a computer mm-hmm. that is not even a laptop. So I can't take it anywhere with me, but is like a stationary desktop mm-hmm. And it's during work hours. Mm-hmm. And then my phone is like, I, I can't be addicted to that stuff because mm-hmm. I literally don't have it. And that's like my dream phone. It's a couple hundred dollars. And I've always thought like I should just get it and try. Mm-hmm. And I can keep my other phone at my desk. Turned yes, off. Yeah. It stays on my desk. Yeah. And I only turn it on for work hours. Turn it yeah. back off. And then I have a real camera. Like a real good camera. Yeah. Maybe I should just start to like take that around and yeah. take good pictures of like my kids eventually in my yeah. life with that. So we'll see. Not there yet. Haven't made that transition yet. Small steps. But if you don't know what the light phone is, look it up. I'm definitely, I like, I teeter. I want it. Isn't it funny how? But then I think I won't use it. It's funny how we've gone from like, our phones had nothing on them. We like want more and more on our phone. Like, now with the iPhone, I have social media on these Mm -hmm. things. And now it's like, actually, we want to get rid of all that. Now it's like we've we've swung the pendulum. It's even hard though, because there's so much work stuff that requires it. And that's why I'm like, I can't fully get rid of like my smartphone. Yeah. I need it for certain work components. And, like, Instagram doesn't work the same on a laptop, desktop, as, like, a phone. Yeah. And, like, to post things. So, I'm, like, I still need it. But I think that could be the balance of, like, if I'm out for a walk with a baby, I do want to take a phone because, like, safety and stuff. for sure. But, like, I don't want then the temptation to be, like, oh, let me just scroll. Let me put on a podcast. Like, my kids are at the playground. I'll just, you know what I mean? So, it takes away that. So, we'll see. I'm considering it because then I wouldn't even have internet on this phone to take out. It'd just be Wi-Fi at my desk. It'd be like a computer. I love that. Not there yet. We're working our way. Tell me if you're braver than I and have done something (laughs) like that. Ah, well, good life update. Thank you. You too. Let's let's get into today's episode. Yeah, our guest is going to magically appear right right now. now. (laughs) Today we have a guest with us, Mackenzie. Um, This is Mackenzie Bartrippany. She is here today to talk a little bit on mental health, trauma, grief. Um, She has some poetry she's written, which we had the pleasure of reading, and she's going to share a little bit about um, with us. And we're just so excited. We love when we have guests on. We learn so much. We love meeting our guests and talking to them and having them. And Mackenzie's just the sweetest. She brought us little drinks and zucchini muffins and we were starving. So it was literally perfect. And um, yeah, we're just so excited to have her on. Um, Will you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. I'm so excited to be here because I've looked up to you guys for a really long time. Like we went to high school together and 
I just I pick good role models. I always Aww. say. So thank you <laughs> for having us. No, I'm so excited to be a part of this. Aww. I love the podcast so much. Um, like you said, I'm Mackenzie Trippany. Um, I'm 22. I got married to my husband Joel um, this this past December. We live in Uniontown, where we both work for nonprofits, and we got a dog named Lulu. We adopted Aww. her in April, and she's just our little baby. Aww. Kind of what kind of, yeah, <laughs> we have the same question. We, we actually just got her DNA tested because we adopted her from a shelter, and they said she was a lab mix, but she's actually not a lab at all. Oh, so she was a lab. Yeah, she's a quarter cattle dog and a quarter golden retriever. So that's oh. where she gets like the retriever. Yeah, okay. but she's got like ten different breeds in her. But is she yeah. like older age or younger? She's six. Okay, yeah, so, so like she's middle. Like right in the middle yeah. So you don't have like the puppy energy. Yeah, but. You've got Not a good little companion. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's so awesome. I love that. That's so awesome. Yeah. So, you have a bachelor's degree in psychology mm-hmm. and master's in life coaching. So, will you tell us a little bit about how you got interested in, like, psychology and the mental health realm and yeah. all that entails? Yeah, definitely. So, like, I went into my undergrad experience, like, not knowing what I wanted to do. I was undecided. I was, like... I have no idea, but I'm just going to go to school and, like, like do some gen eds and see what happens. Um, so my freshman year, I took a Psych 101 course and just, like, loved it. Mm-hmm. Like, all the information clicked. I, like, barely mm-hmm. had to study, but I still did because I loved it. Mm-hmm. And, like, it just really clicked with me. And I was like, this is what I want to do. And I make the joke that I went into psychology for the reason anybody goes into psychology is to figure ourselves out. <laughs> like, like, what's wrong with me? I need to learn. Um but it just really felt like my calling. And, like, as someone who struggled with mental and emotional health, I just wanted to learn more about, like, my mind and body and how those things work and, like, cognition and, like, why people do what they do. And I knew I wanted to have a positive impact in others' lives in that way. Oh, that's awesome. I feel like yeah. I, looking back at college, I think I had to take a psychology course, like, as one of my gen eds, and it was one of my favorite classes. I think mm-hmm. it's so interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't get a great degree in it, but I did think, <laughs> like, I feel like it's, it is amazing how the mind truly works, and when yeah. you actually start to learn about it, I'm sure you know so much about it with your degree in it, like, it's amazing how powerful the mind is, and how mm-hmm. it also relates to everything physically going on with us, yeah, too. Definitely. Um, so... In the U.S., you know, we often hear of there's such a mental health crisis, Mm -hmm. Um, especially in younger people. We see the higher rates of, like, suicide, divorce, depression, and other conditions that, like, seem to be, like, going up all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, based off your experience, how can we deal with these things? How do we recognize these struggles in our loved ones? How do we help them? That was a really loaded question. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) But just, like, off of your experience, like, what, what can you speak to that with? Yeah, this question is so good, and there are, like, so many layers, like you said. Um, It's really, it's so sad how much, like, instances of mental health crises have increased. Lately, I know, like, physical health conditions, like, you guys talked about, like, how cancer has increased so much Mm -hmm. in recent decades, and it's the same with mental health. Um, And it's hard to be hopeful, but, like, you have to be um, if you want positive change. Like, you have to have that hope that things can get better. And you have to choose to be hopeful. And I think as a country, like, we need to change. We need to promote, like, slower living and actually practice it. Because this, like, busyness that we all feel and we're all, like, pressured for this productivity, it's so harmful. It's, like, toxic productivity. It's not good for you at all. Mm-hmm. 
and we need better work-life balance <laughs> and preventative and proactive health care instead of just treating after the fact. Mm-hmm. Like, we need to be on top of those things. And early education about physical, mental, and emotional health. Because, like, there's no reason that we should be taking a psychology course in college. Yeah. You know, learn about it when you're yeah. younger. Yeah. You need to learn about your body and, like, hormone balancing when you're younger so you can, mm-hmm. like, work through it and yeah. not try to, like, put a Band-Aid on it after the fact. Yeah. Like, we just need proactive, like, to be proactive in those ways. Yeah. Um, I've, I've always said, like, COVID from just my perspective, and I'm not an expert in, like, mental health or mm-hmm. psychology or anything, but I feel like during that time it was both very bad and very good for, like, mm-hmm. mental health because... Yeah. There were a lot of struggles and people were isolated and there was a lot of fear and stuff. But on the other hand, it did force some people into like a more slowed down lifestyle where they're like, it made you reassess like, this is what I need to pull back on. And like, that was my experience, which I'm very thankful for that I was fortunate to be in a place that it was a growth opportunity for me. And like, I feel like since then I've been like, I can't go back to like the rat race I was living in because it was just too much of everything. Like. And I feel like in the U.S., we overconsume everything, we're overstimulated, mm-hmm. we're over busy, and then we're overstressed, that causes disease, yep. and like mental health issues a lot of times because we're just like not able to decompress or de-stress mm-hmm. or be in the state we need to because yes. we're just so go, go, go. Yes, you need that time to like slow down and like remember what's important and mm-hmm. process like your life mm-hmm. and your day and like just take care of yourself. Um, but those are like some, some big, like countrywide issues. It's like, how do we even start to make those changes? But individually, I would say to educate yourself and others and to get your own heart and head straight by focusing on what's good and right and lovely. Like it says in Philippians 4, 8, and then point those things out to others. Mm. Um, and don't be so serious. Like take a deep breath. (laughs) Like it'll be okay. I'm such a hypocrite for giving that advice, but like <laughs> laugh about something and find an outlet and just like have fun. And the second part of that question um, is hard because you don't always see like when someone's going through an internal struggle like that. Um, I hit it really well for a while and a mm-hmm. lot of people do, um, but you can't put this pressure on yourself to like be a mind reader. I know a lot of people are like, oh, I should have known, like I should have seen it, mm-hmm. but you don't always And I think something that you can do is just check in with your loved ones and ask them how they are and mean it. And then listen with your ears and your brain and like ask them more questions based off of their answers Mm -hmm. and just really take the time to like slow down and care about that person Mm -hmm. and check in on them really well. And some of the actual signs that you can look for um, in someone who's struggling with their mental health is negative self-talk. So, like, ragging on themselves all the time or saying hurtful things um, to try to, like, get a response out of you, like, fishing for compliments and that kind of stuff, it can mean something deeper. Mm-hmm. Um, changes in appetite, sleeping more, pulling away from people and activities, and lots of just, like, withdrawing into their own mind and, like, their own little, like, dark space. Like, that can be a sign and that can be dangerous when people start withdrawing. Um, and I think a hard reality that I believe is that you can't help someone who's not ready or willing to help themselves. Mm -hmm. And that can be tricky, but you just have to love them. Like their life depends on it because it might. Yeah. Mm. Wow. And spend time with them, express your concern in a loving way. 
and don't be judgmental or condescending or like use labels like some people will be quick to say I think you're depressed mm-hmm. you know maybe don't use that kind of language like mm-hmm. don't label them if you're not a professional just say I'd like to talk to you about this like how are you doing mm-hmm. mentally what are your thoughts like are you willing to see somebody like something like that um, so just love them well and encourage them to seek help and be a light to them to the best of your ability because they might be in that dark space um and I just want to say that like if you or someone you know is having an actual mental health crisis like in the moment you can call or text 988 it's a mental health hotline uh, it's 24 7 and if you're having an actual emergency 911 can always help too wow that was so good one thing that you said <laughs> <Yeah>. about asking <laughs> there's so much goodness that you just said there um asking people how they really are I think we're mm-hmm. so easy one because we're just always in a hurry we're just like mm-hmm. how are you oh good like I'm the and I'm even, if someone asks me how I am, if I'm even not doing great, if I'm they, always like, good. I'm, I'm good. I'm <laughs> good. good if I'm not good. Something that I'm not, like, tooting my own horn, but something that I forget even who said it to me the first time that I catch myself trying to do when I'm having, like, not just, like, a quick pass-by conversation, but I'm like, how's your soul? How are you mm-hmm. actually doing? Like, how are you deeply doing? Because I feel like that kind of question, you can't just be like, I'm good, even if you're not. Like, I feel like mm-hmm. you're like, well, actually, I'm not. I'm struggling with this. And I think... Mm-hmm. Being there to just have those, like, I'm not a surface-level conversation girl. I don't want to just, like, mm-hmm. talk about the weather. Like, I want to know how you're deeply doing so I can, like, be a good friend to you, be an encouragement to you. And I think that's something, like, as a society, we're just so quick to just, like, have quick conversations, be moving past when, like, yeah. you can't recognize those signs with people if you're just, right. like, having those fast conversations. Right. I think I struggle in that, like, if I know someone's going through something tough in my life, I want to fix it, like, for mm-hmm. them. And so then I'm like, I don't know what to say. I don't know what not to say. Like, I don't know how to help you. So then mm-hmm. I feel like, what do I even do to support you? And, like, I love that you were saying just, like, be a light to them. Be there for them. Um, I think the other <laughs> the other thought I was having while you were talking is I'm always, like, I'm like, go to therapy. Like, I'm such an advocate. Mm-hmm. I've never been to therapy. <laughs> I'm like, I probably need therapy. There's times in my life I can think back and be like, I needed therapy. I probably mm-hmm. still do. And I'm like to everyone, no, go to therapy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, I think it's just like helpful to hear you kind of saying like things from being in a place of like both sides, mm-hmm. it sounds like, um, that maybe can help support loved ones and to yeah. maybe recognize those signs because like Jensen was saying I think sometimes we can just be so fast-paced that we're like they're good until they're not good mm-hmm. instead of catching it ahead of time or really being like looking out for that person and seeing mm-hmm. what's going on in their life before they have to verbalize it because that can be so hard to verbalize like I'm not good yeah you know even just the courage for that so mm-hmm. yeah I think there's so much goodness in what you said and, and so helpful Um, so on that note, I want to kind of go into talking about depression, grief, trauma, Mm -hmm. which those are all three big, really Mm -hmm. separate things. Um, mental health issues, like people struggling with it, where to go, what to do, kind of just open the conversation to those subjects and like, um, a discussion around them. Because I think a lot of people do struggle with things like, I, we all have trauma of some sort in mm-hmm. our life and then we have ways we cope with it or like process it or compartmentalize it mm-hmm. and it comes back out mm-hmm. when we get emotional about other things or mm-hmm. when we're in an argument and we don't even realize that sometimes and then things like grief can be a trigger for that or when we go into more depressed states um, 
it can all kind of compile together. So mm -hmm. from your experience, have you dealt with any of those things that you want to share about or do you have any experience in helping other people deal with them or anything of sure. the sort? Um, <laughs> well, I'll point out one analogy that I kind of came up with with my counselor whenever I was um, seeing her in high school. Um, trauma is like, like if you get shot and the bullet doesn't go the whole way through, you know, it doesn't hit anything vital necessarily and you're like, oh, that hurt, but... I'll just let it go. Mm -hmm. And then you know it, like, kind of, like, the wound closes and it heals mm -hmm. over, but the bullet's still in there, mm -hmm. and it's going to get infected, and eventually you're going to have to get in there and dig it out and clean it and clean the wound and stitch it up right so it can heal properly. Mm. Wow. It's kind of like that. Like, you can ignore it, you can push it down, you can bury it, but it's going to come back to bite you. Mm -hmm. And you can't, like, ignore feelings like that. They're not going to go away. They're just going to get angry, mm -hmm. and it's going to be harder to deal with later. Um, so I think if you are struggling with something, the first step to getting help is just telling someone. And I know from personal experience that suffering in silence only feeds the pain. Mm -hmm. And we need other people. And when you're holding on to something that's so heavy on your own, it can crush you. Mm -hmm. But you need other people to help lift that up. Mm -hmm. So like I bottled everything up for the longest time. And my advice is to just feel what you're feeling when you're feeling it. And do so unapologetically because, like yeah, like I said, if you push it down and ignore it, it's going to come back up. Mm -hmm. It's just going to build. If you if you keep sweeping stuff under the rug, eventually you're going to trip over that pile. Mm -hmm. Like, it's going to get in the way and you can't run from your emotions and all this stuff. Um, so you have to first accept that you are struggling with something, even if you don't know what it is. You know, if you just, like, I don't feel good ever. <laughs> like, I feel bad about myself. I feel... I don't know, like, sad all the time, like, whatever you're feeling, like, you know something's off in your mm -hmm. own mind and in your own body, and you have to accept that first, um, and then you have to accept that change and healing are possible, because they are, and so you couple that acceptance with a desire for that change, and that's what gives you that push to reach out and say, like, I don't feel good, but I want to, but I need help to get there, mm -hmm. um, and there's absolutely no shame in that. I know a lot of people think that reaching out for help can make you weak or admitting that you're not doing everything right makes you weak but that's the strongest thing you can do is just say like I need help I need somebody to hold my hand like I need mm -hmm. I want to get there but I don't know how and that's the strongest thing you can do there's so much strength and power in starting the journey to take back your mind and your life from whatever's plaguing it and it can be so hard but you just have to take that first step um in terms of where they should go I, I would say like someone that they trust for me I opened up to my best friend at first um in high school I was like it's like I think I'm depressed <laughs> like like I don't like myself at all and that's such a sad space to be in mm -hmm. and she was like but you're awesome like, <laughs> I love you like what, what, what don't you what don't you like and I'm like I don't like anything like I just mm -hmm. I did not feel comfortable in my own skin and I was mm -hmm. so like hard to admit mm -hmm. but after I told her she kind of helped me like work up the courage to tell my mom and then my mom was like do you want to talk to somebody and I was like I don't want to but I think I need to mm -hmm. like I need to see somebody because I don't know what's going on and I need to fix it mm. and so she helped me like find a Christian counselor locally wow. and I was like okay so I started seeing her I loved her mm -hmm. it went really well um and God loves you He's always there to listen, and he mm -hmm. really does love you, even if it doesn't feel like it. 
Um, so speaking with a professional, um, and that can take some trial and error to find like the right therapeutic fit. So it's okay to shop around. Like you shop mm-hmm. around for churches, you shop around for like the right outfit. You can shop mm-hmm. around for counselors too, mm-hmm. um, because they have like the tools and the training that can really help you dig deep and reach your goals. Um, and there's in person and online. Like BetterHelp is a good resource. I know they're newer, but they have a lot of online counselors that you could reach out on there if you didn't want to go in person. Yeah, I think um, I know for me. Like, I'm definitely a person who's, like, I can deal with it myself. Mm -hmm. And especially even more so in high school. Like, the idea of someone knowing I had any sort of issue was, like, no. I can't Mm -hmm. have that. Like, I wanted this standard of, or appearance of perfection, even if I was struggling. And I think that our culture has leaned more. I mean, especially, like, the generation under us. I feel like they're all, like in therapy (laughs) I feel like people have become more open and there's less of a stigma around it but that still does exist um that people are like well I don't want to go to therapy or say I'm in it um and I think it is important and like how brave of you at that time to open up to your friend Mm -hmm. and and your friend to be there for you and then to have the courage to open up to your mom and recognize like I need help like Mm -hmm. I wish I had been in your position Mm -hmm. of like being able to advocate for myself because I think sometimes what happens is we take these things that are bothering us and we just bottle them and compress them down and like you said they're still there and they're gonna surface at some point um so really just having the courage to take the steps you need is hard but important and is going to get you to a better place and I'm like talking to myself here through listening to you I'm like I need to go find a therapist it was so hard for me in high school because I feel like everybody struggles in high school Mm -hmm. you know but I had pushed so many things down over so many years and Mm -hmm. then it was like bubbling up and I was just like in my little like sad cocoon like Mm -hmm. it was awful and like I don't know, maybe like trigger warning if anybody's struggling with mental health. Uh, maybe just skip a little bit, but it got to the point of like suicidal ideation and thinking mm-hmm. that the world is better off without me, and that is so mm-hmm. not true. Like, you're here for a reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it was really hard to like say those things to somebody, but I was like, she's not, my friend's not gonna judge me. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. she loves me, I know that, but I was like, I can't live like this anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. I know someone in my life who struggles with mental health and I've been trying to encourage her, you know, like just encourage her myself, but also like say like, I think it would be beneficial if you did speak to someone, but I know that they're only going to go talk to someone if they feel it in their heart too. Like you can't force someone to go, Mm -hmm. like they have to want to get better. They have to Mm -hmm. want to heal. Um, And I think that can be hard sometimes if there's people in our lives that like we know need help, but they don't want it. Um, but that's where we just have to just, like, keep checking in on them, be a light for yeah. them, um, and just trust that, like, God will lay on their heart to, yeah. like, want to seek that healing, because talking to someone, like, I know it's not the exact same thing, but I went to a dietitian for some eating disorder issues I had, and just speaking to someone about it, like, having someone talk to you that's, like, a third party that's not, like, biased yeah. and in your mm-hmm. life, and just, like, being and you have to be so honest with them but being able to be so honest and for them to like 
they have so much more knowledge of why you're thinking these thoughts and mm-hmm. coping mechanisms with them. Like, that was the best thing I ever did. And I think, I always say, like, you can't heal what you keep in the dark. Like, you have to bring mm-hmm. it to the light. Um, and that's just such an encouragement. I think what you said, getting help in high school. Like, yeah. the fact that you were able to get help then is who makes you who you are today. And now you want to, like, proclaim the message to others, which is so cool. Mm-hmm. I, I just want to hit on trauma a little bit because mm-hmm. I find it to be such an interesting um, topic. Uh, I I don't know if you're familiar. I'm thinking you might be with the book The Body Keeps the Score. I, um, I read that book and it like opened a whole new world to me. Mm-hmm. Like I thought it was so interesting. Um, and just the way, I mean, I had known trauma's link to our physical health and mm-hmm. how much it can impact. I mean, like based on your trauma score... Um, I've heard the ACE test, mm-hmm. uh, like based on your ACE test score, it'll predict like how much more likely you are to have, um, like chronic inflammatory conditions like lupus or things yeah. like that. And it really does. Our body bears the weight of that. And it's going to come through some way, even if we don't process through that trauma, our body's still holding on to the stress from yeah. it. And I just think it's so interesting because we all have a little bit of trauma, whether it's from like parenting or the church or Mm -hmm. school experiences or like big life events. And, um, I think that's something for me in just the past few years to have really recognized, like, I'm not immune from that. Cause I think I like to put myself in a place Mm -hmm. like, I don't have issues. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? I'm fine. Like, but then to really look and be like, okay, I think this did affect me. And like, this is why I respond like this or feel like this. Mm -hmm. Um, one of the things that I'm going to kind of segue into is you have a couple poetry books mm-hmm. that you've written. And like I said, Jensen and I had the pleasure of reading through them. And mm-hmm. I'm just like in awe because poetry has always been something I've struggled with to like, I think it was, I'm, I was like a person that in school wanted to like fit within the realm of like, this is what you need to write. So then they were like, okay, write a haiku. And I'm like, how, how do I get the words? Right? Like, I didn't feel like I could create within that space mm-hmm. properly because it was like structured or taught the way it was. And I have such an appreciation for it though. And like you, you do it so beautifully to express emotions through words. Um, and Mackenzie had asked us if we wanted to pick out a few poems for her to kind of explain like the root of them and that she might share on here. And one of the ones I picked was Hey Church. Mm -hmm. And I grew up in a church. Um, My dad was the pastor. He became a pastor when I was like seven, I think. So I've experienced a lot with church, church trauma, Mm -hmm. people in the church. And I think I'm still working through a lot of that um, and and still processing and and figuring it out. And I think it's a lifelong type of thing. Um, But that poem in particular, I was interested in kind of where that originated for you what what was behind it if you're sure. willing to share yeah I'm gonna look at it while I talk about it yes <laughs> just in case I like miss anything because one thing like with my poems is like I write them in such a strong emotional space that like I read them later and I'm like whoa that was <laughs> like that was a little much man. <laughs> yeah and it's like hard to relate to them after the fact but what so, an amazing emotional outlet, though, to put it into oh my gosh, it's, yeah. to words that yeah. then other people can read and it can help them mm-hmm. through things they might relate to that you're dealing with. Yeah, I think I always say, like, you need to find an outlet. Whether uh-huh. it's, like, writing or singing or, like, 
music or going to the gym. Like, a lot of people relieve stress that way. Mm -hmm. But you need to find some kind of, like, actually productive outlet to get your feelings out. And this was mine. Yeah. Um, But Hey Church came from... I think I wrote it in high school. I wrote this book in high school. Um, That's amazing. First off. <laughs> I think you can tell it's it's much moodier than the new one. You can tell, like, I was in love for this one. Yeah. I was in love. That's sad. like the high school angst. <laughs> yes. sadness. Yes, it really is. Um, but Hey Church, I wrote about um, the church that I grew up in. Um, and kind of just, like, the shortcomings of church as a whole. I know a lot of people develop church trauma and that turns them away from faith in general. Mm -hmm. And that's really sad to me because it's not every church that's like that. It's not every Mm -hmm. person in a church that's like that. I know a lot of people think that Christians are judgmental, um, but they're not supposed to be. Mm -hmm. They don't don't (laughs) have to be. But I know for me, um, growing up in the church I did, I knew that there were nice people, and there's people that I still talk to, like family, friends from there, but it just wasn't the healthiest environment Mm -hmm. for Mm -hmm. me to grow, and I think I knew that. It was, it felt kind of, like, clicky, Mm -hmm. like, there were these people that, and if you tried to, like, go to youth group or whatever and, like, hang out with them, you didn't feel, like, accepted, Mm -hmm. and I'm sure part of it was me just being insecure in myself and not, like, wanting to go out of my comfort zone and, like, actually try to make friends, but it's just something about, like, the environment that just didn't make it easy. Like, it Mm -hmm. felt like people were, like, looking at you funny if you didn't Mm -hmm. wear, like, a long enough skirt or, like, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. That was just, like, I felt on edge and I didn't feel truly loved. Mm -hmm. So, um, the last straw, I say for me, (laughs) was, um, well, I think it was our last Sunday there, this woman came up to me and handed me a visitor's pamphlet and was like, it's nice to have you. I hope to see you again. Mm. And I looked her down. I didn't know who she was. And I looked at her and I was like, I've been going here every Sunday for 14 years. Mm. Like my whole life, oh my, my whole life that we lived um, in Punxsy, I had been going there. And it just like broke my heart. And I was like, nobody cares. Wow. I was really like, nobody cares about me or my family like that hurts so much and I was like but I still knew like God cared Mm -hmm. I was like this is not the place for me to grow Mm. as a Christian and so like I knew my sister had been feeling that way too so I talked to her and I was like I was like I have my license (laughs) mom and dad don't have to come with but (laughs) we're going church shopping yeah I was like I don't want to go here anymore and so we talked to our parents and they felt pretty settled there just because they'd been going there for so long, mm-hmm. too. Um, and I know my dad really liked it there, but I was like, I can't. And they were like, all right, well, if you can't, we'll come with you. And mm. wow. we went to a few different churches in town and found One Life. And, like, from the first time we went, I was like, this is it. <laughs> I was like, yeah. this is where we belong. <laughs> like, everybody's so nice and open. Mm-hmm. And, like, the music was good and the message was good. And within our first year of going there, my sister... My mom and I were all baptized, wow. and I joined the worship team. My dad joined the board. My hmm. sister joined the audio team, and my mom was on the event planning committee. Wow! Wow! So, got really so that involved just shows and, like yeah. Sometimes, and I know that like the church I grew up in was the right place for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the right place for us, mm-hmm. and that's okay. Yeah, everybody needs something different, and like whatever helps you flourish mm-hmm. is what's important. Yeah. And we really did thrive there. 
So and we were lucky. How beautiful that you were able to use kind of a hurtful or traumatic church experience mm -hmm. and still be like, okay, this just means I need to find somewhere else or pivot. Yeah. Because I think for a lot of people, like you're always going to experience some level of hurt in the church. Mm -hmm. I, I do believe that. Um, I think for a lot of people though, that's when they're like, okay, I'm just done. Like this faith isn't for me. God's mm -hmm. not for me. Like mm -hmm. it's time for me to deconstruct my whole faith. And, um, for some people they do need to take a step back and kind of like reassess where's my faith mm -hmm. and where do I stand? But to be able to be like, no, I know God still loves me and cares about me. This yeah. just mm -hmm. isn't the right fit for me. And yeah. then to find that and feel so accepted and like it is the right fit is just, it's a beautiful story because I've seen so many stories go otherwise where people yeah, right. are so pushed away. Right. Um, so yeah, thank you for sharing that. And, and that one really resonated with me growing up in the church and experiencing different hurts and traumas mm -hmm. and, and kind of like you said, the church not acting like it's supposed to, but yeah. how it yeah. does. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you want to go to the poem that I selected? Sure. It was the, was it the Hey Body one? Was that what it was called? Deny. Um, Deny. Deny, yes. Yep. Um, I'll read that one real quick. Yeah. It's short. Yeah. That's okay. Okay, it's called Deny. Yes, I hear my stomach growling. No, I am not listening. Because I ate too much yesterday and the day before and probably every day since I was born. I do not deserve food, though it keeps me alive, because I would rather be thin than meet my needs. Deny, deny, deny. So that one is about, um, I think pretty clearly, like, struggling with eating mm -hmm. and food and a relationship with food, which I did for a while. Um, probably, like, later high school through, like, early college. I was just not eating enough, mm -hmm. and... So I was like, calories make you gain weight. <laughs> and that was like my mentality. I was like, I need to walk more. I need to run more. I need to go to the gym. I need to eat less. And that's just not the truth because you deserve calories even if you just sat on the couch all day Amen. because you're still burning calories. And it's good. And I fully believe that there's like soul food. Like yeah. there's food that you've seen. It's not good for you, but it's good for you. That's the 80-20 we talked about. Yes. Yes. The 20% is the good for your yes. soul. Yeah. Like you need that. You need to treat yourself well. And that starts with developing a good relationship with food. And so it's the, that's, that leads into psychology too, like the way you think about food mm -hmm. and the way you eat and what you eat. But I think a lot of people, I think a lot of young girls kind of deny themselves their needs because they're trying to fit this image or they're yeah. trying to live a certain lifestyle or be a certain way, but you need to meet your needs first. Mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, that was us in high school. The fact we that you said that, the fact that you said at the beginning, "Oh, you're my role models in high school." I <laughs> hope like, you didn't take that from us because that was, that literally was us in high school. And praise God, we've all I come. Was, I was Jensen's influence yes. to stop eating, yes. so I hope it didn't trickle. But yeah, no, that poem just spoke so well to me because I don't deal with that now, but I did deal with that where mm -hmm. you would have so much guilt, especially if you ate so much the day before, and you just your clothes felt tight, and you're like. Oh, I don't deserve to eat. And then you just feel that, like, unworthiness when, like, mm -hmm. no matter how you feel, like, your body needs that nourishment every day mm -hmm. to literally, like, pump your heart mm -hmm. and to live. So mm -hmm. I just, I love it, the way you put those words on the paper, and they, I know they'll speak to a lot of people. I wanted to mention one more because I feel like both the ones we said were kind of more dark or, mm -hmm. like, from a place of sadness, like you said. 
I, there was another one. All of them are wonderful. There was another one that really yeah. struck a chord with me called I Love Your Heart in there. And it's mm-hmm. a little more of that in love, um, yes. happiness. It's so mushy. It <laughs> is. I love it. This book um, <laughs> is called Self-Loved. And it was my second one. It's about, like, past loves, kind of, that, like, didn't go great. It's about self-love. And then the, the second half of it is, like, poems I wrote as I was falling in love with my husband. Aww. And so it's very, like, like, you can follow, like, our love story through what I wrote, which is cool. And so cool to look back on. Um, I'll read this one, too, because it's also kind of short. Yes. It's called I Love Your Heart. I love your heart and the way it loves me. The way it looks when you wear it on your sleeve. The rich drip when you let it bleed. Just a little. The sound it makes. My smile is a marcher to its drum. The fact that it keeps you alive. I love your heart and all its gooey insides. When you open it up and I come to find it is bursting at the seams. You are so full. Faith, kindness, dreams. And somewhere in the middle there's still space for me. I love your heart and the body it's home in. I want to get closer. Be more like its owner. Compose an orchestra to flesh out its beat. Let it build and soar and, re- and remind me that mine pumps the same. That we are two of one part, one name. That loving you is loving me too, so I find peace in your pulse. I love our heart and the way that it grows. The idea that the roots will deepen and love will flow. An endless recycling river, no bounds. I love you with no bounds. Oh, that one? <laughs> I know, right? It's so beautifully thank mushy you. and wonderful. Oh, I I love how it's, I love your heart too. I love our heart. Mm-hmm. Showing the progression there of yeah. that oneness and your hearts yeah. joining together. And I, yeah, I really loved that one. I, thank that you. It's beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> That's one of the many I've written about my husband. Oh. How does he feel about, like, does he read your poetry? Does mm-hmm. he like, okay. My husband's very like... <laughs> It, like, almost weirds him out (laughs) to, like, um, like, he doesn't listen to the podcast because he's, like, I don't know. It's just, like, a weird, it's, like, breaking the fourth wall or something. (laughs) And I used to write a lot of music in high school. That was how, like, I processed my emotions. No one's ever heard that music. But I wrote a whole album for him and he, like, listened once and then he's, like, I love you. I love it. But it's weird for me to listen to. So I wrote it for him and he has it. I didn't know that. It was <laughs> fascinating. I wrote out what the lyrics were and that mm-hmm. was more like palatable for him. Ooh, <laughs> he, I think it's like too much emotion. Like yeah. he just, he doesn't know how to process it. Maybe we yeah. both need therapy. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's beautiful. And like mm-hmm. for him too to, because when you're falling in love, I feel like you don't always share like, you're like, oh my gosh, I love you so much. But the deep, deep stuff, because you're still, like, is it gonna work, like, this and that, and for him to be able to go back, yeah, and, (laughs) I'm sorry, (laughs) I have an itch in my throat, and see, like, where your heart was, is beautiful. Yeah, he loves it, he just eats the stuff up, like, (laughs) he, he's mushier than I am, like, he's more, yeah, he helped me get that way more, because I was always, like, like almost like toxic feminist like I don't need no man like that kind of attitude <laughs> boss and me that, and I was like mm, maybe I need this man <laughs> oh, oh how beautiful so um okay so obviously we talk about all the crunchy things on here um and we've talked about you know the mind body the gut brain connection and how that impacts our everyday health um so what kind of like swaps would you say or lifestyle or diet things 
do you think that people can make or do to help improve their overall mental health? Well, this is a really cool question because one unique thing about my own mental health journey is that my counselor, who I saw for years and would still see if I like needed to talk to someone, <laughs> Um, and I still do check-ins with her for certain things every once in a while. Um, shout out to Brienne at Rooted Counseling Services in Dubois. She's the best. Um, she has a background in biology. So she got her bachelor's in biology and then went on to get her master's in counseling. Um, so she knows a lot about the mind-body connection and those different techniques and like how to optimize your mental health through that. Um, so it was really, that was like new to me whenever I started seeing her. And so I learned a lot from her. And one big thing I learned is to practice mindfulness. So just like paying attention to your physical body because it does carry things like you talked about. Mm -hmm. It carries your stress and tension and you can feel those build up. Like I know for me, my shoulders get tight. So if I'm like in a stressful situation or I've had a long day, I'm like this. Mm -hmm. Like my shoulders by my ears. Like I'm like, Joel, I need rubs. (laughs) I need help. And and, like my hands get tight. Like I kind of clench. So just like noticing those things. And then whenever you are stressed, you can kind of like like push your shoulders mm-hmm. down or like keep your hands open and that can kind of help you like breathe through it um and so things like intentional stretching and breathing exercises meditation grounding massage therapy and even chiropractic care can help relieve a lot of those physical manifestations of that emotional buildup. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of relieving anxiety specifically i would suggest avoiding stimulants so if you're an anxious person like maybe skip the morning coffee mm-hmm. for a couple <laughs> days and see how you feel mm-hmm. Because I know it makes me jittery, and so just give it a couple days and see how you feel. And watch your toxic load, and eat things that are good for your hormones, which, no surprise, are whole quality foods (laughs) and a diverse plate, um, which you guys have highlighted a lot. And there are things like essential oils, lavender, ginger, and bergamot are really good for stress relief. Mm -hmm. Lavender is, like, my thing. Like, I eat it, I drink it, I have the rollers, I have, (laughs) like... The candles, I have everything. It's just my favorite. I'm not. I don't like it. Oh, I love lavender. I, I find it kind of like, oh, I don't like the smell. Interesting. Yeah, fresh lavender is one thing, but like all the oils and stuff, it's just not my jam. Yeah. My husband and I went to Deep Creek recently, and we went to the lavender farm there, and they have like lavender lemonade and lavender dark oh. chocolate. No, literally, we're going to Deep Creek in a few weeks, and I, and I, and I have, I, I wrote it down that I want to go, and I was like, wonder if I can talk Logan into going, but, like, oh he loves lemonade, so that's yeah, perfect, that's okay. it's so cool, I think their peak season is, like, mid-July, okay. so it might be, like, a little bit, out. I was okay. there a little bit before it, okay. but it's just still peak. Okay. So they have, like, full fields of lavender. <gasps> I'm so, okay, now, oh, now I have to go. Yeah, yeah. And they have signs with, like, the different kinds, and their shop is so nice. Like, oh, wow. Okay, okay. So okay. cute. Now I'm fully going. So lavender is <laughs> so really good for that. Um, and giving yourself grace, because you're not perfect. You're never going to be perfect. Growth and healing aren't linear. It's a process and journey, and it's okay if you don't feel good all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, I still have bad days. Yeah. Like, everybody has bad days. And... There are good and bad, and it's always going to be that way. But starting the starting goal is to just get the good to outweigh the bad, mm-hmm. which yeah. can be a big challenge for a lot of people. Um, and put your phone down. Again, I'm thinking mm-hmm. with that. But put Same. your phone down and <laughs> limit your screen time, like, for real. Read a paperback book. Like, read a paper book. Stare at a wall. Go on a walk. Literally, like, do nothing but just, like, give your brain a break to process. Mm-hmm. Stop adding more information when you yes. need to, like compartmentalize and like take care of what's already in there preach 
Um, and I believe wholeheartedly that if you can just like sit by yourself in silence and be comfortable there, you can do anything. Like you can reach any mental goal. And that was really hard for me when I first started out because I was like, my, I was like, my brain hurts. Like all these thoughts are just buzzing. Like I can't yeah. stand it. But once you like learn to like catch those thoughts whenever they come and be like, okay, this is what I'm thinking and like focus and then like dismiss it or mm-hmm. dive into it further in your own mind. Like you can literally do anything. So that's like a challenge. That's like a crunchy challenge to like go on a walk without headphones and like by yourself mm-hmm. and just like listen to the birds, let your thoughts go wherever they want. Just give yourself a break to process things. We were just on our last episode talking about like meditation sucks because it works and we don't do (laughs) it like and it's like five minutes and Jensen was like the people who need it the most are the ones that say it works and then don't do it and it's like us (laughs) we need and it we were saying how hard it is to just sit in silence for five minutes like Mm -hmm. because we're so overstimulated it's just like I need my phone I how do I be still (laughs) silent for five minutes so I love that yeah definitely give it a try and then if it's hard, good. Do yes. it. <laughs> do it routinely until it's not uncomfortable anymore. Yeah. I, I love feel that. so convicted, but also, like, <laughs> I feel so encouraged and equipped to, like, go out and do this. Because it's one of those things, like, I know is good for me, and then I hear about it and I know it's good for me, mm-hmm. but hearing it again from you, I'm like, crap, it's really yeah. good for me. I need to prioritize not <laughs> yes. just putting on a song or a podcast, like, yeah. being in my silence. Yeah. That's even, I've been trying to practice, like, when I'm cooking in the kitchen, just mm-hmm. cooking, like thinking about I'm peeling the potato or peeling the carrot or like doing this because I'm so often like, oh, I want to turn a show on or a podcast yeah. or mm-hmm. like, well, I should have something on to distract me. And it's like, that's enough. Like my brain can focus on just that and be okay. But it's hard to like step back from all the stimulation Definitely. and noise. I know. Like they say like women have like spaghetti brains. Yes. So and like, then have waffles. Leads to another and <laughs> yeah. another and another. And then pretty soon you have like your own mental breakthrough and you're like, that's why I am the way I am. Yeah. <laughs> it's just right? from like that little bit of silent time by yourself. Yeah. Logan will always be like, what are you thinking about right now? And it'll be like three random things. He's like, why are you thinking about that now? I'm like, I don't know. My brain's just all over the place all the time. <laughs> I know. I'm like to my Logan, what are you thinking about? He's like, nothing. And I'm like, how? And he's like, truly zero thoughts. And I'm like, how do you do that? <laughs> I don't comprehend. Uh. Um, no, but I think those were all super great tips because it definitely is like, we were saying health is so much more than just like your diet or your workout or all these crunchy things you do. Mm-hmm. Like, your mind is so powerful in your health and that mind-body connection. And Mm -hmm. your mental health is just as important, if not more so, than all the physical things you're going to do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And I really would say that's, like, a starting point. So, it is crucial that, like, you know, people could be listening to this podcast and be like, okay, I'm going to get this, I'm going to eat my liver, and I'm going to drink my raw milk, and I'm going to walk and do this and that. But, like, overwhelmed from that or in, like, this mental health place that it's, like, pull back on all that stuff and start here, like getting in the right headspace, dealing with some of these things and like really taking care of your mental health. Cause mm-hmm. I feel like it, that has to be the starting point to really get healthy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So good. Yeah. Um, as far as anything else, crunchy realm, your books, I know you published books in high school, um, like mental health, trauma, anything. What else do you have to share with us anything before we sign off? Um, I just have a couple of things that I want to say, like, to wrap up. Um, if you are struggling with mental health, there's nothing wrong with you. Mm-hmm. And you're not alone. 
you're human and a big part of the human experience is a mind battle so mm-hmm. just you're gonna be okay like I promise mm-hmm. um, you are worth so much more than you think you are and so much more than this world leads you to believe you have a divine purpose from a God who loves you and you are here for a reason so just be kind to yourself and be kind to others because grace is a beautiful thing and I believe in you and you're gonna be okay all things health and wellness here this is not medical advice and you should always seek out your medical professional for further questions thanks again for listening please remember to share comment and subscribe to help support our podcast